Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And today we are absolutely thrilled because we have a very special guest with us here today in the studio, in our virtual studios from each one of our, our places, Dr. Ray Foxworth. We are just so thrilled to have him here and have a conversation about money and compliance. And really being remarkable CEOs means we get the money part right and if you've been listening to you know this podcast for any length of time, you know we're committed to building a remarkable business, turning that job into that business, and a business that is scalable, durable, and transferable. And I'll tell you, when it comes to finances, we absolutely want to get the durability piece right. We got to make sure we nail this. And so we want to. We always we always defer to using leverage as CEOs. So we're going to leverage a little bit. A, a man who's been in the game, a resource, uh, 37 years of chiropractor. Uh, so Dr. Ray, thank you for taking time to join us today. And as we kick off uh, this, this episode of this podcast, we're going to interview a little bit. So just to start us off, tell us a little about who you are, um, why you do what you do, a little about CHUSA, ChiroHealth USA, why you started it, maybe some, some of the problems that you solve, and then we're going we're gonna to go after it today. So sure. Dr. Ray, welcome to, the, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. And, and, and first of all, let me thank you for uh, allowing to come into your home, so to speak, and, and uh, speak, speak to your tribe. I consider it an honor and um, it is much, much appreciated. You know, Docs, what, what I hope to share with you today is some real life experiences that I had that led me to forming this company called Cairo Health USA. Um, and I'll promise you it wasn't because I woke up one day and decided, geez, I love practice, but I want to go start a nationwide network. It came out of what I often refer to as actually one of my worst days in practice. You know, we can always remember those patients that, you know, we love. We love to see them come in. They got smiles on their faces. It's a great day when you see those folks. Well, I had a lady like that and I lovingly refer her refer to her as Miss Jones. Uh, she was a cash patient. I took care of her, her husband and her kids. And, you know, back at that time, I'm probably charging 30, 35 dollars a visit. Keep in mind, I went into practice in 85. So it's been a, been a, been a minute and you know, everything's good. I'm happy. They're happy. Life is good. And then Ms. Jones was in an auto accident and guess what happened? I did what every chiropractor and most every doctor does. I charged my actual fee, which was probably around 85 or $90 a visit, bill that out to insurance, took care of her. A few weeks later, she gets her explanation of benefits from state farm comes back into the office I walk into the room and I always have a, a staff member with me, my scribe, if you will. And you ever walk into a room and you just knew something was wrong? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's this lovely little lady that I've been taking care of for years and she's got these papers in her hand. And I mean, she's just got this scowl on her face and being the perceptive guy that I am, I said, Miss Jones, you look like something's wrong. And this little sweet lady walks over to me, pokes me in the chest and says, I saw what you charged to State Farm, and I know what you charged to me. Guys like you are the reason that I can't afford health insurance. And I've reported you to the state attorney general. That's a kick in the gut. 
And I said, no, Ms. Jones, it's guys like me that bend over backwards to try to help people like you. But I made a horrible mistake. I never let you know what my actual fee was or that I was trying to help you. And Doc, that, that'll never happen to me again. And that's what kind of put me on the path of, you know, why is it okay for Blue Cross, Aetna, and Cigna to all pay us a different fee for the exact same service, but I can't have a different fee for my cash patients, for my patients with limited benefits. You know, Blue Cross covers 12 visits. What about number 13? What about, you know, patients who have only partial coverage? What about Medicare? They only cover the adjustment, but we know they need, may need other services. And we know if you discount those services, you got the OIG issues with inducements. So it started me looking at it. And the reality, what I found was there's this model out there called a discount medical plan organization or a DMPO. Write that down. That's your new acronym for the day. And what a DMPO does is we utilize a contractual network discount. Well, guess what you have with Blue Cross, Aetna, and Cigna? a contractual network discount. So most of the discount medical plans were owned by insurance companies and they really expected doctors to offer 40 and 50 and 60% discounts. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not gonna do that. So I'm, I'm a problem solver by nature. I had had a background in running a network for our state uh, uh, here in Mississippi. And I actually had a contract for the state health plan, 195,000 covered lives under that. We were the chiropractic network for them. And so I said, I'll hire the healthcare attorneys. I'll form my own discount medical plan. I will write the contract in such a fashion that I would want to sign it. No chance of, you know, silent PPO activity, my contracts getting sold, no deep discounts. And so that's what we did. And uh, for a number of years, I operated the DMPO as we expanded. It got very expensive to go into other states, like $150,000 bond just to apply. And so I partnered with uh, Aon, largest insurance brokerage in the world, and we operate under their umbrella. So we're the network that works for chiropractic under the umbrella of Aon, which is a discount medical plan. And here's the beauty of the model. I am regulated by the Department of Insurance in most states. So if you're going to offer discounts, what better way to do it than to follow the same rules that a Blue Cross, Aetna, and Cigna does? So here we are 14 years later. Over a million patients, part of the network, over 5,000 doctors, part of the network. And do you know how many complaints we've had? Zero. Love it. How many audits that we've had? Zero. You know how many doctors we've had get in trouble for offering discounts on the discount medical plan? Zero. So it is simple, compliant. And if you set your discounts up properly, it can actually increase your revenue, increase your retention. We just did a survey on our docs. They've had a 20% increase in revenue, 40% retention rate. And these are typically cash paying patients year over year. And it just solved so many problems for my practice. And like I said, I rolled it out nationwide back in 2009. Well, Dr. Ray, I can tell you, you're talking our love language. So first, just on behalf of chiropractic and chiropractors who want to do it right, thank you. Thanks so much for doing this, right? So this is something that personally I'm allergic to, trying to get in there and untangle those insurance regulations and being compliant to all this. This is just not my strong suit, to be honest with you. Not fun. Uh, I know I know what I, I know what I know. I know where I'm an expert and this is not it. So I'm so glad that we have partners like you guys in Tusa. So um, 
let me just frame the conversation a bit because you know I want to make sure that as our listeners hear hear this, you know that this is not a commercial. Okay, this is literally we're bringing you guys this information through an expert through Dr. Ray, who's actually going to help make sure that you do this right and you don't step in it because this is a critical part of your business. Show me how the money works. I'll show you the culture of a business, right? It's also usually a very big point of exposure, right? So we don't want to have a, a pain point here. So, you know, I'm going to speak from the coach's perspective as a coach uh, and say, all right, so Ray, uh, the typical remarkable practice practice, you know, the TRP practices, like there, we have thousands of doctors in their TRP system uh, and inside of our ecosystem. And you know what? They're listening right now and they want to make sure that they're doing it right. So if I could, I'm going to be their advocate. Dr. Pete has his questions. I have mine. And we want to make sure that we're teeing these doctors up to do it right and maybe uh, showcase or highlight some of the things, that, the pitfalls they want to avoid as we go. So uh, we're going to we're going to hit you with 20 questions here. So uh, first of all, I just want to recognize that there's doctors inside and outside of the TRP system <clears throat> listening here. So Typically, you can see doctors fall into one of three categories with their practice, the way they run their business. You've got cash practices, you've got insurance practices, and you sort of have the cash-like or hybrid type practice where they're leveraging tools like uh, super billing, right? So for example, right? So um, let's use that as our lens as we have this conversation, guys. So we just want to recognize some of these docs are running a, a majority of their collections or revenues are through insurance billing, right? So some of the docs listening, their practices are either all cash or really heavily primarily cash. Uh, and then there's that sort of hybrid, right? So we should be just respectful and address all three of those. And I'd like to start really looking at the care plan and financial plan dynamic. Um, this is just an opportunity for us to just call out the fact that I wanna remind doctors to tease those two things apart. That's something that we insist on in the remarkable practice from a, uh, a mindset perspective. It's like we teach the four agreements, the problem, the goal, the path, the plan, right? So the problem of course is the life effect of somebody's health going sideways. That's what's brought them into your office. The goal, which is what are we trying to accomplish together? And we love to unpack immediate short-term, long-term goals so that we can give recommendations for care based on two things, your goals and our findings, right? So then when you give those recommendations, that's the path, right? That's the clinical recommendations. This is what you need to do to get what you want, right? And then finally, there's the plan, right? So the plan is the financial plan. That's the conversation we're going to have right now, right? So let's do these plans right. I know a lot of our docs, they'll give a care plan recommendation. Let's say, for example, it's an initial intensive care plan, first four months, for example. Maybe it's the corrective care plan, which is the next 12 months. Maybe it's a wellness plan, or maybe it's a maintenance plan, and we do differentiate those. Uh, Ray, our docs will typically give people that kind of care plan and then give them options for payment, right? It might be a one-time payment, it might be a monthly payment, or it might be one of my favorites, which is a down payment plus payments, right? So to lower that monthly payment so people can pay out of an emergency fund, so to speak, for that you know, unexpected first payment and lower that monthly payment. We can get into the details of that, but what I wanna hear from you is, what are some of the pitfalls? What are the things that we gotta make sure we do this right when we're setting up those payment plans? And of course, I'm talking about, can you discount it? And how do you, what do you need to be aware of as far as that side, that side of it? It's multiple family members, et cetera. I think I'm right in your wheelhouse, sure. brother. Okay. So the first thing is, you know, when you think about discounts, number one, who likes the idea of discounting their services? I, I certainly didn't. Uh, and when I talked to doctors about uh, being in a DMPO, they said, well, why would I want to discount my fees? I'm not going to do that. 
and I'll ask a question. Are you part of Blue Cross? Yeah. You're part of Cigna? Yeah. You're part of Aetna? Yeah. You already discount your plans. The reality is you should have your fees set at what is considered the best payer in your area. In my state, it happens to be workers' comp. So I want to get paid well when insurance is available, but I want to keep care affordable for the patients that don't have insurance or don't have the, the coverage that they should. So the important thing is to, to understand a, a couple of things. You should have one fee in your office. You should charge everyone the exact same fee. And then when you start talking about discount, you need to understand this concept. Some are good, some are bad, and some are outright illegal. So a good discount is one that is compliant, meaning it is defensible. So if I'm going to give a time of service discount, you look at the average cost of doing billing, and it's somewhere in the you know, maybe 10 to 15% max. So if you're keeping your discounts in that five to 10, 10 to 15% range, that's a good discount. That's considered legal. What you need to understand is you never, ever, ever apply the discount to the deductible or copayment. That's a violation of your provider agreement. If you're recommending a care plan, and you've recommended, let's say, in those initial three phases before you get them to wellness and maintenance, let's say you've recommended 30 visits and insurance only covers 12. What happens on the 13th visit? That's where you need uh, something like a discount medical plan if you want to offer above and beyond that 10 to 15%. Because let's face it, 10 to 15% really isn't that much. What we have found historically is doctors are offering somewhere around 30 to 40%, sometimes 50% discount. So if my actual fee is $100 and I'm in a DMPO, I can charge my cash patient 45 or 50 or 55 or 60 bucks, whatever your, your, your area will bear. So I'll just want to give you an example of how to properly discount and then explain it to a patient. So I'll, I'll use a little uh, script that we teach. And Ms. Jones, the doctor's recommended 30 visits. Your insurance covers the first 12. On the 13th visit, excuse me, on those first 12, you have a $50 copay. On the 13th visit, our actual fees apply. And my actual fee for a visit, I'm going to use round numbers, is $100. Unless you have one of those discount medical plans. Do you have one of those? No, I don't. What is that? Well, we're part of a network called Cairo Health. That's a network you can join for $49. And by the way, that covers you and your family for the year. And instead of a hundred dollars, it's 55. Would you like to do that? That's why Absolutely. about 10,000, that's why about 10,000 people a month join Cairo health. Now, what this has done for the doctor is he's laid out the full care plan. He's let them know what the, the charge is while their insurance is in place at 45 or $50. And then he lets them know what his, what typically would have been his cash fee. We'd like to remove that from your conversation. There is no such thing. It shouldn't be a cash fee. And we let them know that our actual fee is 100. Remember my Ms. Jones story? I never let her know. Well, yeah. by God, we're letting them know now. That's so right. our actual fee is $100. That establishes the value of your care. And then you let them know that there's a mechanism to be able to pay less. So that's a great way to be able to transition that insurance to a private pay patient. And guess, you know, you've heard this term, when the insurance runs out, the patient runs out. Well, guess what happens when she's paying a $45 or $50 copay when she has insurance and a $45 or $50 payment when she doesn't have insurance? 
she could give a rip if she's got insurance anymore. Absolutely. So the idea is to kind of keep that care affordable as if they had insurance. And, you know, it just makes for such a smooth transition. Um, You know, can I I point something out here? So like, so the, you know, the premise of begin with the end in mind, right? Like, so you've got to be able to recognize that if you're giving recommendations and the recommendations, and, and I don't want to, you know, project my own philosophy on this, but, you know, if you're listening and you're following their macro practice system, you know, we recognize that we're, we, our objective is to get people back to wellness, right? We want to get people back to wellness care. And if you're addressing their care in three stages and you're giving them recommendations for the first stage of that care, initial intensive, then it's going to be corrective. Then we'll move into wellness and get you back to based on your goals, right? So here we are in this first stage of care. You've got to begin with the end in mind. We all know the truth. Retention begins at conversion, right? So in the conversion process, you've got to do the lift. You've got to do the hard easy, right? So do the hard work on the front end. So it's easy after that. And then you just collect so many patients that are easy. That's the big idea here. So that script is brilliant. It's genius to address that on the front end, just as though you would address the clinical care and the recommendations on the front end. It's called future pacing, right? So you're future pacing that and pre-framing that. And remember, whoever sets the frame wins the game, right? Like our friend Roberto Monaco loves to say, let's set the frame. And that means even the financial plan, just like the care plan, begins with the end in mind. Set the frame so that they, what you'll see is, I know the, how the story ends. I know where this movie's going, right? So it's like, set right. up your care plans and you set up your financial plans so they're congruent with that end in mind. Absolutely. And you know, I, 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 um, I believe it was Rush Limbaugh who said, words mean things. And so yeah, when, you look at, when, you look, when you look at that script, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm planting seeds in the script. I've, a, I've established what the value of my care is. It's $100 a visit. B, I mentioned, and by the way, this covers you and your family. So I'm already preempting setting up family care. And, you know, it's, it's really been interesting. I'll just give you a little anecdote. When I started this, it was purely because I had a problem with compliance. And what I found is using this model is really like a Swiss army knife. It helps me with compliance. It limits my risks, but oh my gosh, the opportunities that it opened up to be able to put families under a care plan and have one, you know, a fee for the first member, a fee for the second, the third and the fourth. And here's the beauty of this. I don't tell you what your fees have to be. Every doctor gets to set their own fees. We operate all over, you know, we're nationwide. So the fees in Mississippi compared to New York or California or anywhere else, they're distinctly different. So That's right. we don't want, we don't want doctors to change their, what they're doing. We just want them to move it inside of a model that protects them and gives and, and makes them compliant. Here's one other thing that we've noticed. And I'm sure you guys run into this. We love patients. We love helping people, but oftentimes chiropractors devalue their services because we do it with our hands. We don't always place the value on it that it should be. And we have so many doctors that I'll use my state for example, workers comp pays a hundred. My cash patients may pay 50 or 75. Why? Because I don't feel like, well, maybe they can't afford a hundred dollars. 
And so I'll set my fee lower than a worker's comp fee schedule or a PI. And guess what I've done every time I see a comp and a PI? I've left revenue on the table. Right. So in this model, I can set my fee, my actual fee. That's a term you need to, to embrace. My actual fee, I bill everyone the same. You should never base your fees on the payer source. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. You sit. It is irrelevant. It doesn't matter who's paying the bill. So your fee is your fee is your fee. I attribute that to Dr. Larry Markson, who I heard back in the 80s. And you you charge everyone the same. You let them know what the fee is. And now, if you want to offer a discount, there's about three circumstances. I'm in your network, like a Blue Cross Aetna Cigna. It's a mandated fee schedule, like workers' comp or PI. You're part of a discount medical plan, and you explain to them what that is. Or they have a financial hardship. And there's a criteria for establishing financial hardship. Doctors never, ever, ever treat your cash patients and categorize them as they all have financial hardships. That's fraudulent. That yeah. is not accurate. It's exactly there, there is a, a clean, clear way to do that. And that's one of the things that we can help you with. But oh, what I'd we've noticed to... because... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But what we've noticed, and, and I because I have the data on thousands of practices, I actually did a, 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 a little study. In the state of Texas, we had doctors in our network where there is an established PI and workers' comp fee schedule. And something like 75% of them were not even charging what workers' comp allowed for an EM code. About 60% weren't even charging what was allowed for x rays. And about 40% weren't even charging what was allowed by, for therapies and rehab. And so if you want to increase your revenue, at least charge what they think you're worth. So we do have these companies. Now, we will never, ever, ever tell a doctor what to set their fees at, but we will teach them how to look at your payer sources and then decide what your fee should be. And now right. you're so, discounting from a higher number. It gets you to what you would normally be collecting for cash, but it's now protected under this contractual network discount. Right. And you provide a mechanism where it's, uh, it's compliant to charge that discount and be able to realize whatever the payer would in a third party payer system, right? So that's the secret. You know, there's this black box is what I'm hearing uh, between set the fee and then it's deterrent you. The, the next question is who's paying the fee? And based on how who's paying the fee, there's a mechanism in place that you're following one of those four tracks towards optimizing your collections. Dr. Pete, I know you had a question there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as a practitioner, you know, I, you know, I leveraged, Cairo health in my practice. Now I ran a, a cash practice, but one of the things that I did on my report of finding my general report of findings, I did a group report is I really had to, I had to sell that. Right. So, you know, what was, what was, what you just spoke to as far as the, the ability to communicate value, this is the value of what it's worth. And yet we're going to remove and lower the barrier of entry. We're going to make it possible so that everyone's able to get care, including families. We are a big family practice. I was able to confidently communicate to my audience, knowing there might be a medical doctor in there. There might be my, the member from the board of my state in there. There was an attorney in there in my group report. I wouldn't know necessarily who was in there, but I knew I, I was bulletproof because, you know, I could go in there confidently communicate the value of what we do. Cause that's what some of the people say. Well, if you're going to do families, you're going to, you're not going to be capturing value. 
It wasn't it at all. I was able to capture the value because I captured the value of the lifetime case visit average, which actually, actually was the game I was playing. That's right. I was playing the long game. So I wanted to, if you could talk a little bit about, because I think you established that, the differentiation, how do you use this with you know, the recurring model payment like EFTs? versus, you know, the pay in fulls and the model that Dr. Steven talked about, you know, where they're doing a, maybe a down payment followed by payments. How, how does this work and incorporate into a practice that's running like that? And, and how would this fit in there compliantly and legally? Go yeah. Ahead. And the do's and don'ts around those, right? So yeah. that's, that's sure. the key to it is like, you know, you don't necessarily have to teach them how to do it, but man, make sure you do it this way. Don't do it that way. Right. Um, let, let me back up to something you said, you said you were uh, an all cash practice. Um, that, that is a conversation that we, that we often have with doctors. They'll say, well, I'm an all cash practice. And we just ask a couple of questions. Well, you know, that's awesome. You probably don't need Kyra Health USA if you're strictly all cash. But what happens if you are taking care of one of your cash patients and they're in an auto accident or if they're in workers' comp? Do you take care of them or do you refer them out? Well, no, I don't refer them out. I take care of them. Well, that moment that you step your foot into any type of third-party reimbursement you are a predominantly cash practice, but you have a foot in both camps. And that's when you absolutely must, or if you're doing things the right way, which I know you guys preach, you absolutely need to have some mechanism to do that, that legally. So when we talk about prepays, when we talk about uh, recurring revenue, I am a huge fan of re recurring revenue. Um, if you don't think it works, look at all the gems that are out there. You know, you join them, you never go. I was a member of three different gyms at the same time, and I felt absolutely wonderful. I never went, but I felt wonderful. You know, So people, you know, and again, never want to get into a situation where you're getting recurring revenue, but people are not coming in. That, 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 that is, that's not ethical. You know, I, I mean, quite frankly, just right. I'm pretty black and white about that. So when you when you have a patient, if they are insurance and you transfer, you know, the transfer them into wellness or maintenance care and they're paying X number of dollars a month, that is perfectly legal. What you cannot do is, as I mentioned earlier, never discount the deductibles and the copays. But once someone has reached what an insurance company would consider not medically necessary care, still clinically appropriate but not medically necessary, you can pretty much do what you want in the way of a, of a payment plan. Um, you can put them on an auto debit and there are a couple of companies out there. I know some of the software programs do that. Please make sure you're doing that compliantly. Don't make a copy of their credit card and keep that in your office. Don't ever capture that. They're, they're, PCI compliance, that is very, very important to make sure that you, if you do have an auto debit or a checking account on file, that it's done through your software and it's done properly. So you can absolutely have someone, you know, that you've recommended biweekly or monthly care or whatever your model is and have them paying as they go along, much like a gym membership. And you absolutely will tend to see people more compliant. You know, when you look at, uh, I like to ask this question in my audience sometime, how many of you ever bought a new car? And if you did, how much did you pay for it? And few people can tell you to the dime what they paid. But then you ask, what was your monthly payment? And almost everybody can answer because people think in terms of 
monthly payments? And can I keep it in my budget? And as long as you can keep the care within their budget, they're much more likely to stick with care because you've removed, you talked earlier about remove barriers. You remove that barrier right up front with, with a monthly payment and it's golden. So I, I love telling this story. Think about what happens to a patient when they come into my office and they're paying every time they come in. They come in, they get adjusted, they feel good, they go to the front desk, we hit them with a payment. It's like rolling up a, a newspaper and whacking them on the head. What's the last thing they remember? I had to pay. Yeah. So if you put that on recurring revenue, the patient comes in, they get adjusted, they feel great, they leave, they feel great. And what are they thinking about? Man, I feel great when I've come in. Love Not that. that they whack me on the head with a newspaper. Love that. All right, gang. Uh, this has been excellent, Ray. Just so appreciate everything that you guys are doing. Uh, is it cool to call you Chusa? Because we call you Chusa. Is that cool? Uh, do you like I am. Yeah, I am actually. Uh, when we uh, came, bought this building, we lovingly named it the Chusa Rosa. Okay, <laughs> so, beautiful. beautiful. We're live beautiful. from the Chusa Rosa. All right. Well, we're going to make sure we put your contact information down here and we're going to be a link to that so people can learn more. Um, we're really right. going to be encouraging everybody to explore this because we want to make sure that you're doing it right. You know that Dr. Pete and I in the Remarkable Practice, we're bullish on you creating this model that creates an environment where it's easier for people to leverage chiropractic care for a lifestyle success strategy, not simply a short-term treatment modality for a crisis. We love to take care of people that are in crisis and help them get out of trouble and get their health back. But we all know that that's the tip of the iceberg that we have to available in chiropractic for people, for families to experience not only better health outcomes to really, but to have a better health experience throughout the whole arc of their life. So if that's true for you, you've got to design your clinical care plan so that it's in line with that, right? So you have to have that well aligned and also your financial plans have to be as well, right? So we're in the business of saving lives and when business is good, everybody wins and that includes the patients, right? So we wanna make sure that we tee them up and set them up so that this financial dynamic is also something that perpetuates or, or promotes perpetuating their chiropractic <clears throat> care so that they can have that awesome health ex, uh, outcome. Dr. Pete, thank you. Dr. Ray, do you have a closing comment, Ray? Uh, I, I do. You know, when I mentioned that uh, when you talk about discounts, some are good, some are bad, some are illegal. Uh, if you will go to or, or if people want to go to Discount Challenge 2.0 or just key in Discount Challenge and it'll pop up in, in your search engine. We actually have 10 little questions that a practice can go through and answer though, or we, you know, we'll give you a scenario you give the right answer and you're actually entered to win about $15,024. You know why it's $15,024? Because that is the actual fine for creating inducements or any kickback from the OIG. Yeah, I love that. So you That's can great. learn a little, win a lot. Uh, you can enter as many times as you want. Um, so go, go take the discount challenge and kind of see where you're sitting in your practice and, uh, Give us a call if we if we can help in any way. Uh, again, that's great. Thank that's you great. for allowing me to co to come in your and and uh, with your family. Uh, you are a blessing for us and all of our doctors. So uh, we'll put that link in there, and uh, you guys follow that link and uh, figure out the do's and don'ts and do the do's and don't do the don'ts, guys. <laughs> all right, this is Dr. <laughs> Stephen Franzen and Dr. Pete Camillo, and you met Dr. Ray Foxworth from Chusa today. God bless everybody. Have a powerful week. Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner dedicated to helping you 
more successfully help more people. Enjoy. All right, CEOs. So I am here in the studio with one of my good friends, colleagues, incredible chiropractor, leader in our industry and space. Uh, he's been serving chiropractors for, I'm, I don't know, man, what is it going on 20 years? I don't know. You'll tell us, but 2002, uh, yeah. 2002, 20 years. Dr. Brian Capra from Genesis Chiropractic Software Systems. And I'm just um, really, really, again, we chatted just a little bit before and I'm just excited because I know for me personally, I, I've uh, had have, have years of experience using your, your systems and just grateful for that. And now I get to work with chiropractors and many of them who are also using your systems. And I love how you guys have just continued to innovate, continue to evolve, continue to develop, to meet the, the ever-changing needs in the marketplace. And um, just super pumped to have a conversation uh, with you as, as a CEO of a business in chiropractic, making a big impact. So Dr. Brian, anything uh, you want to share about yourself to our audience to introduce yourself, and then we'll jump in. Well, like you said, man, first of all, thanks for having me, man. It's always great to see you and spend time with you. It's like, man, we get to, we get to spend time with friends and that's, that's our, you know, J-O-B, so, so to speak. So it's what, what a great life we have. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, Genesis started uh, way back in the day, 16 years ago as a big, because of a big need that I felt. Um, and it's, I love you guys and your, your content specifically, especially the CEO stuff, because I just had my own problems using technology to, to actually manage a business. Um, you know, practice management software is a common, commonly used phrase, except the problem was from my perspective, it didn't help me manage a business, <laughs> help me do some, some things, uh, but not manage an actual business like a CEO would. Um, so yeah, we've been doing this for a long time, still growing. And like you said, innovating and uh, it's exciting. It's fun. It's awesome. Yeah. So you know, you, we, we sometimes talk about scratching that itch and, and like, and also like we speak from scar tissue. So clearly this came out of pain. Like you developed something mm -hmm. out of a pain point. Uh, there was a, there was an issue, right? There was a problem. When we, when we talk about every business is a business exists to solve a problem for someone else, right? That's why Correct. a business yeah. exists, right? So talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the problem sure. that you saw and that you still see that you guys solve for the, for the community and for docs. Sure. Uh, well, the pain, I really had two separate issues that I didn't realize were so closely related. One was at the time we we're doing a lot of still insurance at the time. Um, and my collections, I was outsourcing it. My collections were kind of haphazardly all over the place. And you, we'd send our claims out and never really know, did they get submitted? Did they not get submitted? Are they following up on all, all the claims or just the big claims? And where's my money kind of thing? And am I collecting what I should collect? Um, so I shifted software technology uh, to a technology that wasn't available in chiropractic and my collections went up by 40%. And it was the methodology that was used that made the difference. It just so happens that the another problem I had, I felt in my practice was patient, uh, the patient experience and the retention of patients. Um, and I, I, had, I was using another software, but I always had this issue of, well, whatever happened to so-and-so? You know, and, you know, long story, I won't tell my full, my full personal story, but, you know, I lost a patient and it was a very traumatic thing for me, but, and no matter what I did, the technology I had just would not help me really put a stranglehold on retention. In other words, I think retention should be, you know, when a patient no longer is a patient anymore, there's a, dec a decision point, you know, they don't want to be there anymore. Now patients move and whatever. Um, but 
it should be, you should be aware of it. Not you wake up in the middle of the night thinking of the patient you haven't seen and, and it's been three months and then you go find out we dropped a procedure. Um, and then it's, let's everybody manage by fire. Let's train on that procedure. Right. And then we get better at that and we drop the ball somewhere else. So, um, the technology, the automation, the artificial intelligence that solved my billing problem, I realized also solved the retention patient experience problem. And it wasn't available anywhere else in the profession at the time. And it still isn't actually. So uh, we're the only ones that leverage artificial intelligence to really put a pinpoint on every single step in your processes. And so that you know, like this one thing doesn't happen, that's a retention fire, um, but you see it in real time kind of thing. Powerful. So, so, um, so let's, let's keep digging in. So, sure. you know, um, let's talk about, so we, we want to increase, um, the numbers of people that we can reach, right? So we want to, mm-hmm. you know, greater impact, greater income. Um, we want to have a bigger impact, bigger income. And th- these are we're business owners. We're talking about, you know, chiropractic. We're also passionate, you know, many of us about what we do. We have a strong belief in what we do. It's not just a business or a job for us. Like you said, right. mm-hmm. you know, we really care about what we're doing and we think it's really important. So uh, can you talk about that? Like, how do we, how does, you know, what you're able to do through what you guys, your team and you have created, how do you help doctors, you know, make that bigger impact, make that bigger income, but, but do it in a way where they're, what we teach using leverage, you know, you're leveraging it. So it's not like you know, you're having to work harder, but you're working smarter. You're leveraging, you just brought up AI. I, I don't, even that term, like to a lot of us, we're like, I'm not really sure how that all works, but yeah. you know, we see it in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we exactly. see it on the stats on ESPN, but that's not, you know, the same thing. So um, yeah, we, we say revenue retention and compliance, right? Okay. So yep. compliance, because that's an important part, whether your cash or your insurance is an important part to, you know, keep yourself safe. You make all this money, you got to keep it, right? It's like, you don't want to put yourself in jeopardy of, uh, issues with compliance, whether it's with insurance or state boards or what have you. So when it, and you're right, chiropractic, uh, from my perspective, if every man, woman, and child runs a chiropractic care, there's nowhere near enough chiropractors. So we have to make a lot of money. We have to have, we have to, as a profession scale, like be able to scale our businesses to see way more people than we see currently. And I, I, th- I believe one of the reasons we have to make a lot of money is because we have to attract other people to our profession. You know, people aren't out there thinking, how do, what profession do I go into to make a lot of money? They're not necessarily thinking about chiropractic, right? But they should, right? Because it's super valuable. We're not making the money we should, right? Um, so what we do specifically, we leverage artificial intelligence um, to optimize the revenue of a practice, whether it's cash or, insur- or insurance and the patient retention. And, and when you have patient retention higher, right, increased, improved, you're obviously going to get more volume. So you're increasing the capacity, but you can't, what a lot of practices do and other technologies enable is management by fire, like I just explained, or a lot of manual work to find the, the attrition risks in the practice. And that attrition could be your money or it could be a patient, right? You're, where are you going to lose money right now? Or are you going to lose a patient right now? So, you know, the, the technology is able to know your processes. We teach it your processes, right? Um, and when one little step in the process doesn't happen, it's, it's right in your face. Like this one thing didn't happen today. 
you're not going to no-show reports or patients without future appointments or care plans that are expired or inventory that's low or credit cards on file that are you know, uh, expired as well. You're, you're not going to, to the report to find the thing you have to do. The system is smart enough to tell you the thing you have to do and give you a list of the things you have to do before end of day to make sure that every single step in the patient experience is, is optimized. And then in that way, if there's anything left on that list and there's an owner for each item on the list, then you know who didn't do what specifically. And if something's not finished by the end of the day, it's, it makes management, uh, makes your real management. <laughs> this is real life managing, uh, not like what they say with practice management software. Uh, it makes your life easy, right? Because you only could have a few issues if something's not completed by the end of the day and somebody owns it. Either they're too busy, right? That's maybe they just had too many of those things. So they're over capacity, right? They're just overflowing. Maybe you need another person, in other words, to help with that. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not trained on that. Maybe it's their first day. So you have a training issue. Maybe they hate doing that thing and they're just not willing to admit it to you, but you'll find out right away because it's not finished. You address it. I hate doing that thing. Maybe they're in the wrong seat in your practice, right? Maybe they're in the wrong business. Mm. They're not the right fit for your business. But these are the things that kill businesses <laughs> that if you yeah. don't know them and you don't proactively, just like in chiropractic, this is the subluxation, but it's right yep. there in your face. If you don't adjust that thing, it only gets worse. Yep. And what doctors uh, typically don't realize um, especially newer docs that are, have never run a business before is those things, those little things snowball, right? Mm. It's cost you hours and hours of time because you're constantly retraining and rehiring and, you know, replacing team members, but not knowing why you're shooting in all directions with no focus. Yes. Cost you thousands and thousands, maybe tens of thousands of dollars over your career. And it costs lives really what the, the biggest issue is, if it's not optimized, it's a person's life is the thing. A no-show is, is somebody's life um, yeah. on the line there. Wow. I mean, you just talked like, you talked all of this CEO stuff and we, we, we you, you just hit on so many things when it came to capacity. You talked about right people. You talked about um, accountability, visibility, reporting, timeliness of that, like the flow of information, management of people, setting expectations. I mean, you just talked about all that about, like down to the, the smallest detail that it actually matters. People say, oh, you're going to have a remarkable business. It's like, yeah. So in order to have a remarkable business, you've got to have all of these things dialed in. Things got to be dialed in. But what you're talking about, how would you be able to do that if you didn't have a software system to be able to do that? You're, you're managing by memory. You're managing by fire. You're managing by yeah. guessing. And it's I mean, amazing. It's amazing yeah. how successful some, some docs are when I look at That's it right. with, with antiquated systems. It's like, wow, you're able to do all this. We put the software in their practice and this happened to me. You know, you put that in there. All of a sudden, what happened for me is my practice, my volume was perfect. My, it was, I went in, I would go into the practice. I knew what I had to do each day. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm adjust my patients. I'm like, what else is there? There must be something else I I'm supposed to do. Your life actually gets easier because mm -hmm. everybody else knows what they're supposed to do perfectly. And it happened. It, it, it's like a concert. Uh, you know, it, it's like a, a symphony working perfectly. Um, and the revenues there, the patients are there, they're referring other patients, they're getting great results. It's just, it's, it's, it becomes somewhat effortless. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's what it's all about. Everything does really matter. That one little issue 
matters and uh, that I told you about, like the system identifies, but what yep. happens, but what, what, what happens a lot of times is without a technology to help you with that, you just don't know. You just yeah. really don't, don't know. You're not going to go look at all those reports and other yeah. systems. There's no way you're, you don't have the time. So bringing up time and then talking about, you know, your own, your own story of the doctor being the doctor being like, what else is there to me to do? You talked about, that sounds to me like you, you leverage technology and systems yeah. to buy back your time and your energy and focus. So you could do other things, whether it's grow your business or spend more time with your family or whatever. It's, can you talk a little bit about ROI to, to us? You know, we're a bunch of CEOs here listening. This is our podcast. It's, we talk business. We want to help more remarkable practices, you know, become more remarkable businesses, docs become CEOs. So, um, you know, time, energy, focus, and money, right? The four limited resources. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speak, speak to that. Like you've already been. So I'm just going to say, hey, keep, keep rolling. So as somebody is looking at, okay, how can I create, I want to become, a, I want to grow my business. I want to expand. I want to create more time freedom for myself, for my family, or I want to start a new business, or I want to expand the business that I have or whatever. So talk to me a little about, about that, that scalability, durability element, and really how somebody can measure those, those limited resources in that ROI um, using uh, a product like yours. Well, uh, one, of, one of the things we call our, our sales team product consultants, because they really do consult with you on your, on your business. The first thing they do with you is ask you a lot of questions about your numbers. How are you doing this? How are you doing that? What's your retention rate? What's your AR numbers? What's your collections per visits? You know, how much do you bill out? How much do you collect? All those numbers, because they dive into every single one of those numbers with you, because we know what kind of results you can get with automation and that what we call the single point management, which is that, that, that list of tasks, if you would. Um, so we, we know um, how much we can improve your retention rate, for example. And if you improve your retention rate at your collection rate per visit, what that means in two, one, two, five, 10 years for your practice, if we improve your collection rate because of inefficiency in your insurance, that gets even higher, right? So we can actually monetize those numbers. The free time thing um, we talk about. Well, how long does it take you to document the visit? How many, how many, how many hours a week are, are is your staff spending looking through reports, calling insurance companies, um, uh, calling no shows, right? Because a no show is not only a retention issue, but then the people have your staff has to continually follow up with those no shows. So if we can, you know shrink that number, it's not only better for retention and referrals and revenue, but it's also a decrease in cost at the same time. So the cost goes down while the revenue goes up. And these things, these are exponential changes if you can just focus uh, on those things. And we, we ask our, our clients to focus on one thing at a time, right? Just fix one little problem at a time. Don't try to fix everything. It's like you've seen Genesis grow over the years. We were just talking about this before we got on building out the team over time, just fix one thing. You can't fix everything and just let it work. You know, just let it work. Give yourself some room. A lot of docs are trying to run around, fix everything that all the time and <laughs> you wind up getting nothing done. You know, your team needs to be yep. focused. You need to be focused. Um, but Genesis, we actually do that return on investment um, conversation slash calculation with, with our prospects that come through the pipeline. It's awesome. All right. Last question here, a little bonus question. So how does uh, a doctor or a listener get in contact with you? How do they learn more about what you're doing and get in contact? Uh, you can always email me directly. It's Dr. Brian, D-R-B-R-I-A-N at Genesis Chiropractic Software.com. Uh, I will usually, if you have questions, we'll, we can always 
you know, bounce back and forth a few times. If you actually want to see the system, um, you just go to genesischiropracticsoftware.com. Uh, you click, there's always a schedule button, you know, random places on the screen, one at the top, one at the bottom, in the middle. Click on that. What it'll do is it'll give you a calendar and time availabilities that are that you can choose from. You put your name in there, you know, kind of like a calendly thing, and it'll actually schedule you with the consultation, send you reminders, um, and give you a link for a Zoom just like this. And you'll, you'll get on the consultation and just start start the process of getting to know my team um you know it's a big decision if you're thinking about switching technology so my team the one thing you will not get is a quick rush to features and you know try to force you know quick offers and specials and all this stuff now they're going to take their time get to know you get to know your practice and really understand how if and how we can help you so that's that's the best way to do that if you want to do that Awesome. Well, again, thank you, uh, Doc Brian, for being here and joining me on the Remarkable CEO podcast. Thank you for being a Remarkable Success Partner. You've been thank you. running with the Remarkable Tribe for uh, many years now, and we greatly appreciate you and uh, and all that you're doing to help uh, doctors help more people and uh, build more remarkable practices so they can have more remarkable lives in the process. We, uh, again, greatly appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time. For all of you who are listening, appreciate all of you, and I look forward to joining with you next week on our next episode. Until then, God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.